At the Forefront, FinTech Conversations. I'm Michael Kingsley, and I'm a Senior Vice President here at Forefront Communications. And we're a strategic comms, marketing, and PR firm focused on the capital markets and institutional FinTech sectors. Today, I'm speaking with Alex Scarsini of our client, Edgewater Markets. Edgewater is a leading provider of technology, trade execution, excuse me, execution, and liquidity aggregation across foreign exchange. That's FX to you, uh, and precious metals as well. Uh, Alex is co-founder and president of Edgewater. Hi, Alex. Hey, Michael. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me. Sure. No, it's a pleasure. We want to jump right in. Now, Edgewater's been around for about 10 years now, and I'm curious what you're focused on in FX right now and how that might be different from when you started out. Sure. So we, we started, as you've mentioned, 10 years ago, right after the 2008, 9, and 10 financial crisis. Our role at that time was to provide more direct access to markets for our clients, uh, better access to credit so that they, can get, they could get better access to markets. And that was our role at the time where credit was at a premium, of course. Um, we did so utilizing third-party technology platforms. We've used, utilized many of them. So we got to, to learn quite a bit of what was relevant, what was good, and what our clients, more importantly, what our clients needed and valued in the technology platform they would eventually use to access these markets. Today, we've developed that technology internally. We spent five years doing so. We have a best of breed, modern, new, non-legacy technology platform without mentioning the old platforms that were commonplace back in the day. We provide OMS systems, credit modules, pricing engines, et cetera, et cetera, to our client base. We did not lose our core DNA in the process. We haven't become a pure SaaS model or licensing model type uh, technology provider, we continue to provide execution services for our clients. Typically, a technology sale to a client will then morph into an execution conversation. Now that you've given me the big fast car, how do I win the race with the right pilot in that car? How do I get it done? How do I get from A to B? So we do that, we continue to do it, and we do it very well. That's our special sauce today. Yeah, it's really interesting, the two sides of the coin, the, the, the sort of access and execution side, and then the technology side. Um, I want to start with the technology side and, and just ask you, I imagine buy versus build is a huge dilemma or a top of mind dilemma for your, your clients and prospects and so on. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about how, you, how they square that circle, what they should be looking at, and how you help them make that decision. Well, uh, we went through that same process. So we were at one point uh, buying the technology and we were the disintermediator, but because we scaled so quickly, we had to buy our own. We Sorry, we had to build our own and we did so. For the rest of the space, our clients were not in the business of developing technology platforms. They buy the tech. Unless you're a tier one financial institution with the breadth of a JP Morgan or a Goldman or a Citibank, you won't have the resources or the know-how to build a platform. You're going to want to buy it. But buying is one thing. Buying the right platform is a different matter altogether. Today, our clients are looking for the tech, but they're also looking for the execution service. So uh, that's what we provide. And owning our own tech enables us to develop what our clients want. We're not beholden to another provider. We know exactly what our clients need. Our solutions are extremely customizable. 
uh, we sit down with our clients, we scope out the work that needs to be done, and we provide to them a highly scalable, customizable, modern technology platform to, ex to, to access markets and different products down the road. That's great. And, and that leads nicely to going back to the other side of the coin, which is, which is the access and execution side, what they're actually using, using the platform to do. So um, can you tell me a little bit more? You, you started there talking about the, the, the clients. So, so give us a little bit more of a window into who your clients are and how they're actually using what you provide them. Sure. Well, we're global. We have a global footprint. We have offices. Our main offices, of course, are in the FX hotspots. Uh, Singapore, London, and New York. Uh, we have a sizable office in Mexico, which services our LATAM's South, South American operations and clients. Um, our client base are predominantly institutional clients that need to access FX and metals markets. So they are banks, your traditional banks. We work with first-year banks where we provide pure liquidity services on the execution side. And then we work with, of course, second tier, third tier institutions where we provide software sales, tech platforms, et cetera. We also deal with the entirety of the asset market space. So we deal with your uh, macro funds. We deal with your funds, uh, multi-strat funds that need to do FX for, um, uh, for conversion purposes. We deal with um, family offices, uh, sovereign wealth funds, central banks, et cetera, et cetera. Anybody that needs to access FX markets at the right price point and efficiently, we're there for them. And I, I like you rattling off the, the different locations you're in as well. I know, I know you guys talk about a lot uh, the importance of local market know-how. Can you talk about that a little, bit why, a little bit more about why having boots on the ground and having that experience, mm -hmm. knowing it is just so vitally important to what you do and what your clients need you to do? Yeah, I'll give you an example of Mexico. It's uh, probably our biggest office in the EM space outside of New York and London, of course. Um, we made a conscious decision when we started our business in Mexico to be there in Mexico City with the right team of culturally minded people mm -hmm. that understand the needs of the local market. Mexico is, very, is a typical example where it's diff difficult to come in as a non-local and, and understand the nuances of that market. It is a deliverable space, dollar Mex is deliverable, but there are many nuances as to how the business is, is done in that part of the world. Um, we've used the office in Mexico as a launching point to expand into Latin America and would not have been able to do so straight from New York. Again, you need to be able to have people on the ground that are able to go to your client's offices and understand in their language, in their world, in their cult culture, what it is that they need. Uh, a Mexican bank's needs are far different from a European bank's needs on multiple levels. Yeah, and, and, and that's great. Speaking specifically about that area, it also brings to mind, I'm, I'm curious what the other big frontiers are going to be. Well, is, is uh, Latin America a big frontier for you guys in 2023? And, and what other areas are, are you looking at? Yeah, so there was a big uh, need for technology deployment in Latin America. I think Latin Amer the Latin American financial institutions, as it relates to, to accessing markets, specifically RFX markets, was where New York was 25 years ago. Um, we thought there was an opportunity there, having already built out Mexico to continue the growth in Latin America. 
Um, the the region is in is in need of 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 upgrading and updating and in need of a revolution in terms of accessing markets. Before Edgewater was uh, as big as it was in Latam, and we've been there now for three years with our principal offices in in Chile and and Sao Paulo. Um, financial institutions were beholden to their credit counterparties, normally big American first year banks, to access markets. Today, we've turned that equation around, and it's the first-tier banks that are now accessing local markets through Edgewater's technologies. So it's a, it's a game changer. Yep. It's a change the playing field uh, in, in Latin America. We continue to expand in the region. As I said, Chile is servicing our Andean um, region, Colombia, Peru, Chile. And um, we, our last latest office uh, is Sao Paulo where you have some monster, huge financial institutions sure. that still aren't accessing markets on the same hmm. level playing field as their American or European heavyweight counterparts. And we're bridging that gap. That's really interesting. And so so obviously Latin America top of mind, but I know uh, the APAC region is, is going to be big for you guys as well. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So the model that worked well for us in Mexico and LATAM is exportable to to just any other region in the world that really needs access or better access to markets. Um, we're looking at the Middle East, we're looking at uh, other parts of Asia, India, Indonesia. It's a, um, it, these are very localized markets where you need local teams on the ground. You most likely need to have a JV with a large financial institution in those regions to facilitate credit disintermediation, which is very, very important. You can't access FX markets without a credit counterparty. And so we're working on a multiple levels to be able to better the, the playing field and continue to improve access to markets for our clients in those regions. I wanted to talk about one specific thing you guys are focused on. Now, our, our audience, I think, is, is pretty broad and pretty savvy generally, and they understand the ins and outs of FX markets broadly uh, and understand precious metals. But they might not be familiar. I know I wasn't uh, familiar with NDFs. Can you talk uh, about NDFs a little bit, why this is something you and your clients are focused on uh, and what's going on with them right now? Yes. Yeah, so a part of the FX world is, is deliverable. And those are your euro dollar currency pairs and Aussie dollar currency pairs and euro sterling, et cetera, et cetera. Then you have a whole host of other currencies that are typically EM in the EM space that are called non-deliverable uh, forwards, which is essentially a contract between a buyer and a seller for future settlement of the difference of the value of that contract at a certain future date. And uh, many countries, uh, do not allow their currencies to get delivered on a on a spot basis because of controls they want to have for outflows and inflows of currencies. So the offshore market deals in those local currencies on a non-deliverable basis. Okay, uh, it's an important market. It's a it's not as efficient as our primary G seven market. Um, it is. Uh, it is in need of tech disintermediation, meaning without the tech, these currency pairs won't get the, the development that they need to be able to really get uh, adopted globally by money managers, asset managers, banks, and so forth. So uh, we're helping these countries where we think there's a huge opportunity to, to bridge those gaps and make those currencies more, 
more um, deeper uh, mm-hmm. in terms of access. Um, yeah, so that's that's basically and, what you have. That's basically an NDF. And and why right now is there there's something going on with volume and volatility with with NDFs right now that that that's making it uh, attractive or or difficult to trade. What what is it at this moment that's going on? So the entirety of the FX space was pretty pretty dormant for the last five or six years, given the low levels of volatility and the low interest rate environment. So you didn't have interest rate differentials really moving FX markets in different directions. Uh, today, that's caught up to us, and we have a lot of volatility in the FX space. And where you don't have a lot of depth or liquidity, which is the NDF space, you do have even more heightened um, volatility spikes in those currencies. We're helping to address that by making these currency pairs a little more accessible by all players and not just the few. So as you you continue to improve on the scalability of these currency pairs, you drive down volatility and margins to a certain degree and help those currency pairs grow uh, globally. That makes a lot of sense. And and you guys have, to, to, to wrap it up, I want to talk about, you guys have, you've been hinting about it in this podcast, but uh, Edgewater's really seen tremendous growth lately. So I want to wrap up by talking about what's next. What are you guys looking at for 2023 uh, business-wise? What are your clients focused on? What's what's the future look like for you guys? Yeah, well, thanks. Yes, we have grown quite a bit. It's been, um, it's been a very good two or three years. The last two or three years have proven that our build out on the, in, on the tech side is was the right decision. And the current model of providing technology plus execution services is really what our clients are looking for. Uh, I don't know of anybody else in our space that does both. And so we're happy to continue to deploy that model into other EM regions. Uh, we have um, some opportunities in the Middle East. We should make, be making some announcements soon in Q1 or Q2. Uh, we're we're uh, continuing to grow in, in, in the Far East. Uh, Singapore is an important market for us for, the, for that region, but we are looking for uh, further growth in India and Indonesia, as I mentioned before. We're in talks with a few interested um, large institutions that may want to partner with Edgewater in those regions. So there's lots to do. Um, we're also continuing the growth in different uh, product areas. We're looking at fixed income in Mexico. On the client side, we're looking to expand into the retail sector. Uh, and geographically, as I just mentioned, we're going to continue to keep, to grow our, our global footprint. So it's exciting. We're, we're very busy. We're going fast. And uh, we, we can't meet the market demand as, as fast as we'd like, but we're, we're running on all cylinders. <laughs> Well, that's great. I like ending on a, a high note like that. It's going to be an exciting year for you guys. And I really enjoyed the conversation, Alex. Thank you. Um, if you'd like to learn more about Edgewater Markets, you can visit their website. This is for the audience, not for you, Alex. You know all about Edgewater. Uh, <laughs> you can visit their website at edgewatermarkets.com. And if you'd like to learn more about Forefront, you can visit us at forefrontcoms. That's C-O-M-M-S dot com. Uh, thanks to all of you for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it.